and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of July 28th through August 2nd. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. I'm a deformed Alola Bulbasaur. And Ben Lamoureux. Also now available in Alolan form. A bunch of news of Pokemon Sun and Moon just landed, so we will be tackling that in a quick segment of the news block this week, followed by a short lightning round, and then a new discussion segment called Dreamland, where today we'll be sharing our wish lists for new Alolan forms of old Pokemon. So let's hit the news block! Pokemon Go has been having some trouble recently. It's been having that glitch where nearby Pokemon tracking doesn't actually work, so the latest update removed the feature entirely. Fixed! Yeah, that was odd, but it became an actual problem when Niantic shut down fan-made sites that tracked nearby Pokemon for you. So now trying to find Pokemon is like playing Marco Polo, but nobody's shouting Polo. It took a while for Niantic to explain, but they said that the footstep feature was confusing and didn't meet their goals, and they're working on something better, and that they're going to do their best to keep fans updated on stuff in the future. And in fact, they're hiring a community manager, so hopefully they'll be better at communicating soon. Am I the only one that thinks that we're, it's weird that they launched a major Pokemon game and didn't have a community manager for it? I'm surprised uh, the Pokemon yeah. company let that fly. That's yeah. it's usually a strong suit for them. Yeah, I mean, I know this this game is like way more popular than they ever imagined, uh, but at the same time, it's Pokemon. Like they knew it was going to be big. Uh, well, them knowing that it'll be big because it's Pokemon does not in any way mean that Niantic will be at all prepared for a Pokemon game. That's still on Niantic, but Niantic is a pretty small company, and so it doesn't surprise me that they don't have a community manager. Just that this game doesn't have any kind of community manager. Right, assigned to like it. you said, right. it's, well, it's hard to imagine that the Pokemon company let this fly and they you know they had that 30 million dollar investment from google and nintendo so it just it surprises me that they were you know this unprepared to to handle the community and all the the problems and communicating with the community to make sure that everyone's on the same page well you got to remember that they expected this many downloads in a whole year Mm -hmm. um when they got it in two weeks so they were dramatically underprepared for the number of people they would be dealing with right um They also, is the Pokemon company typically very good with community managers and stuff like that? I mean, I know Nintendo doesn't deal with online communities nearly as vast as Pokemon Go. I mean, first of all, this is an unprecedented size of community for any of these companies to deal with. And, um, you know, I just kind of wonder how good these companies actually have been in, you know, handling online services. Like, Nintendo communicates to almost nobody about what they're doing with their online services. And (laughs) This is true. I don't know. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised that they're struggling to handle everything. I'm just really surprised that there wasn't a community manager in place from day one. Yeah, fair, fair. Uh, And then there's a new trailer for Pokemon Sun and Moon, which reveals six new Pokemon. Uh, Though I imagine we have nothing to say about that, Um, (laughs) because we've said a lot in the past. But it also introduced new Alola forms of a few pre-existing Pokemon. So Executor, the Sandshrew line, and the Vulpix line are all found in Alola with new types and new designs. Uh, We'll have more on this in the Dreamland segment in a little bit, but quick thoughts on this, guys? Um, Awesome. Thank you very much. This is Mm -hmm, is great. Like, it just, it opens the door to so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. This this has probably been the best selling point for this game for me since it was unveiled, just because I I just love the idea of of reimagining old old Pokemon. Definitely. My favorite part of this 
is that Pokemon actually has a sort of element of evolution to it now. Like, yeah, like totally. Pokemon evolutions aren't evolution at all, but this, the sort of, you know, adapting to the environment and changing their types and things like that, I think that's a really cool way to show how actual evolution works in the Pokemon world. Totally. And I love how they took a Pokemon that lives in sand and two fire types and said, you know, if they're living in Hawaii, they'd be a lot more comfortable if they were made out of ice. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of evolution's there, but it's not working quite right. Yeah, uh, they're just going to melt, I think, but hey, <laughs> they, they survive somehow, <laughs> apparently. Uh-huh. I have always enjoyed when they've done sort of similar things to this in the past games. They've never gone this all out, obviously, but things like the uh, different uh, forms for Gastrodon, based on which... Mm-hmm. Uh, side of the continent it was on and those Mm -hmm. sorts of things always i always felt like pokemon needs to really go really hard in on that and this is a nice touch um and i i love the idea of alolan form pokemon and i think the designs are some of the best this generation and i totally admit that that's because they're so derivative of older pokemon designs but if that's what it takes i mean so be it uh like we've talked before about how the old pokemon designs aren't the most creative but More so than the newer generations, they're simple, they're striking, and they feel like an organic kind of creature. Uh, And that's when I think Pokemon is at its best. So adapting Pokemon to a new region instead of trying to create tons of new monsters to fill the region with is just perfect. It addresses the metagame, it's a great blend of old and new, it solves the problem where every region has their Pidgey clone and their Rattata clone, and, and most importantly, it feels organic. It's like that real Darwinian evolution. Um... It's one of those rare, brilliant ideas that just seems so obvious in hindsight and kind of makes me wish that they'd thought of it a long time ago. On the bright side, this is something that they could mine forever and ever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And with the results so far, I mean, like you said, this is this is some creative stuff. Like, who would have thought that the trick to making Exeggutor brand new again was would be to make it have this really long and narrow neck? <laughs> like... <laughs> absolutely nobody i I mean looking at it being a palm tree like that makes total sense but like i Uh never would have i never would have arrived at that i know Uh, it's crazy i wonder how they're gonna manage that in like the pokedex and stuff though because if we've got a vulpix and like nine tails like ice and fairy type uh we've heard that the way that to get the old forms of pokemon is actually pretty much just transferring them up from Uh, the virtual console re-releases but i wonder if they're going to be entered in the pokedex in a different way when they're the fire types or um you know i I just don't know how that's going to work out and i kind of hope it's something like unknown where the species is registered in the pokedex and then the different forms it takes are sort of found in like a subgroup but then i I question how they're going to prioritize which form is like the true kind of thing that registers in your pokedex and what's derived from there well, I bet for the Alola Pokedex, you'll see the Alola form, and then for the like yeah. national decks, you'll probably see the original form first, and then the Alola form as kind of like a tabbed yeah. option. That, that would just be yeah. how I would do it. Right. Um, and if we say it on the podcast, it comes true. <laughs> um, and I could see them adding like a line for location, because that that's now going to be an important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon can use a powerful fifth move called Z-Moves in Pokemon Sun and Moon. It sounds a little complicated, so let's see how we do here. Uh, The trainer wears a Z-Ring, an item called a Z-Ring, and you get items called Z-Crystals, which correspond to the 18 Pokemon types. If your Pokemon knows a Z-Move and is holding a Z-Crystal of the same type as the Z-Move, and you have a Z-Crystal of that type in the Z-Ring, then they can perform a super-powered move like Bloom Doom. Which is a great name. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to say about this, but I'm wondering, is Mega Evolution still going to be a thing in these games? And, like, how is that going to work with the whole... So, we actually, in none of the trailers or, or scans or anything like that, we haven't seen anything about Mega Evolution in these games. Yeah. So, it's entirely possible that they're, you know, ditching it and they're focusing on this these Z-moves. Uh, but if they are both in it, I don't think it would be that much of a conflict. You just obviously can't have a Pokemon that both has a Z-move and has a Mega Evolution, because both require a hold item. So it would just be kind of yeah, like having, true. you know, two Uber things on your team as hold items. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, for the Pokemon that don't have Mega Evolutions, this is a nice compromise that lets them kind of become super-powered for a turn. Um yeah, that's interesting. So that so maybe they'll balance it by Z moves are only for Pokemon who aren't fully or don't have a Mega Evolution, and that way they can sort of reach the Mega. Well, I mean, it it doesn't really matter because you'd have to choose between the Mega Evolution and the Z move anyway. Um, that's true too, I, in my opinion. Um, that's I'm a true little too, yeah. The, the thing that I don't like about these is aside from them being kind of lame <laughs> uh, from a gameplay uh, perspective. Excuse me, what are you saying about Bloom Doom? Descriptive. <laughs> The thing I don't like, aside from them being lame, <laughs> is is that there are only eighteen moves. It seems like yeah, one for each time. Kind probably. of, kind of not fun. I mean, I know it would be ridiculous to like expect them to do one for each Pokemon evolution line or something like that, or even every type combination. That would get kind of ridiculous. But it's just eighteen Z moves, really. They all they all farm I feel like the same. Z there's moves. so many complicated battle mechanics to keep track of in Pokemon. I'm perfectly happy with just 18 moves. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with just four moves and no Z moves. Well, <laughs> I I kind of feel like they won't become a big enough factor that it'll matter that much in competitive battling. Yeah, but if they do, then I think the Pokemon that can learn Protect are going to go up in value because if you oh, waste yeah. your Z move when they're protecting, that Pokemon's item is just worthless for the rest of the battle. Yeah. yeah. Finally, we learned that Pokemon Sun and Moon features something called the Island Challenge, which seems to replace the Pokemon League, and gyms appear to be replaced by Island Challenge Trials. There appear to be more than eight trials, and the trials include lots of different tasks beyond just battling. And then once you've beaten all the trials in one of Alola's islands, you battle an island Kahuna, who seems kind of like the, the equivalent of the gym leader, or maybe an Elite Four member that you just battle partway through the game instead of at the end. Uh, and beating a Kahuna is like this big deal, and then you can move on to the next island in the region i'm kind of mixed on this because while the sort of sentiment behind it is really appropriate uh i just can't imagine the trials themselves if they are all task focused being fun because when pokemon games have attempted non-battle challenges in the past it hasn't been very fun that's just me yeah uh i'm i'm hopeful that it will be interesting and i like the idea that they're changing it up uh assuming they are changing it up of course um we haven't heard anything about gyms or gym leaders or the pokemon league or anything like that so i'm assuming that they won't coexist with the island challenge but yeah i mean stuff like hey go catch a spinnerack challenge completed like Come on. I could see them sort of doing it as a way to untie the sort of gym experience from a physical gym. Yeah. Because the way the islands are, are laid out, it, it kind of does make sense to have something where you go around the island and do stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, or I would prefer you go around the island and challenge a bunch of people, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like this will be used... Uh, 
sort of just as a way to drive the plot too. Like maybe some of the trials you undergo will introduce you to you know different parts of the island that you couldn't get to previously, or unravel little bits of plot here and there. So I I don't know if it'll really feel like a replacement to the gym experience as as much it is as it is just sort of a new way to experience the region. Um, right. But one thing I really do like about this is I think it sort of thematically draws from the Orange Island episodes of the anime. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. There was actually, I used to be pretty active in uh, Pokemon hacking communities back in the day. And, you know, a lot of the popular hacks would replace gyms with various missions or story things or, or whatever. And someone actually did make a, uh, I don't think it was ever completed, but a pretty close to complete hack of, uh, like, Sapphire or something like that made it into the Orange Islands. And they had, like, you know, island trials and stuff. You actually had to do all of the all of the stuff that Ash did in the anime. You actually had to do in the game. You had to, like, race on a Lapras and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if this will get that in depth, but I think it would be, it would be pretty cool if they kind of took that direction and borrowed heavily from that anime storyline. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it seems like they are kind of switching elements between the anime and games and stuff a little bit this generation, so I wouldn't be too surprised. All right, now it's time for the lightning round. And we've now arrived at the beloved lightning round, where we bring you little nuggets of information from the past week. If you want to read more about any of these stories or any of the ones we discussed earlier, you can check them out at gamnesia.com. The latest podcast episode will show up in the scrolling feature bar at the top of the site, and on that page you'll see all these links. Alright, so first up, recent releases and stuff that's available now for you. On Nintendo 3DS, Citizens of Earth is now available once more on the eShop, and Pokemon players can now get Arceus over Mystery Gift from various participating retailers, and that's available till August 24th. The Toy Box demo of Ukulele is now available for some Kickstarter backers, and the Pikachu-themed Pokémon Tournament controller is now available. Did either of you guys get a chance to try a Ukulele out yet? Yeah, I wasn't happy with it. No? Yeah, unfortunately. I, I like the controls except for uh, swimming. I didn't care for the swimming in it, but outside of that, I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, obviously, the the environments were all square and blocky and whatnot, but that was yeah, intentional. Yeah, I think that's the main reason I wasn't super enthralled by it. Yeah, it, it was just meant to familiarize you with the controls, basically, but I loved the yeah. music. I was glad they were able to inject a little bit of humor, and with the exception of swimming, I thought all the, all the controls handled pretty smoothly. So. That's interesting. I thought the controls were actually a little too loose. Oh? They didn't feel quite as kinetic as I expected from uh, a banjo kazooie successor. So. Well, write them on Kickstarter. Yeah. They're asking for feedback, so oh, let's get cool. that. Uh, let's get Can that do. tightened up for release. And we got a bunch of upcoming dates to look out for. August sixth, the fan-made remake of Metroid Two launches, and that's it for the next two weeks. And that's not even Nintendo. Woo. Uh, but there were some announcements. So August eleventh, more news is coming for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Sometime in September, the servers are shutting down for Metroid Prime Blast Ball's free demo. October twenty fifth, Darksiders War Mastered Edition launches on Wii U. And March third, twenty seventeen, Disney Infinity is cutting all online support. And finally, a rundown of all the smaller things that happened this past week. Someone caught every Pokemon available in Pokemon Go. Niantic's been removing Pokestops from the Holocaust Museum and other poorly chosen places. Players have been requesting refunds on their microtransactions since the game lost its tracking features. Pokemon Go's update added a glitch that can change the species of Pokemon after you catch them, or just the character model, it seems. The final evolutions of Pokemon Sun and Moon starters may have leaked online. I really hope that Litten's uh, final evolution isn't actually bipedal, because... Ugh. Yeah. But the owl looks awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. An online archive published the first 13 years of Nintendo Power online. This is going to be super nostalgic for me because it cuts off at about the time that my Nintendo Power subscription did, so it's like 100% <laughs> nostalgia for me. Sweet. Nothing missing. <laughs> Nintendo released the entire launch calendar for the upcoming Wii U and 3DS games. Spoilers, there's not much. 
Yeah, and Mitomo added a new minigame where you can spend candy to get game tickets. Of course, the other one has you spend tickets to get candy, so whatever. <laughs> Junichi Masada is considering making Pokemon Go work with Sun and Moon. Oh yeah, I think I put that star there. I must have something to say here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be very surprised if they didn't at this point, just because of how mm-hmm. stupid popular Pokemon Go has gotten. Like it just—it yeah. seems like an obvious way to get people uh, to buy, you know, the 3DS game, like you know, dedicated. Uh, like a main series game, and uh, some reports have shown that uh, sales of older Pokemon games are actually spiking since Pokemon Go came out. So it's already happening for older games. If there's actually tie-ins with Sun and Moon, they could really bring some new fans on board, I think. Mm -hmm. Sun and Moon lets you ride Pokemon anywhere, not just in those confined areas like X and Y. And it looks like they will, to some extent, replace HMs. Like in the trailer, we saw them uh, bust through like a big boulder riding a Taurus or something like that. So to Ooh. some extent, they might replace HMs. Level 5 is making a few new series, including one about high schoolers in giant mechs fighting off aliens. The next Professor Layton game, Lady Layton, is coming west next year. And Digital Foundry believes NX may be able to emulate GameCube and Wii games. This will be huge, because that means NX can effectively play everything except for Wii U games, which will probably mostly be remastered for NX anyway. Yep. Woo! Nintendo's releasing an official NES retrospective book called Playing With Power. Two fan-made mock-ups show different interpretations of how the NX could look and feel. Hackers have exploited Paper Mario's sticker star to make it run homebrew on Nintendo 3DS. Pokemon Go was downloaded more in two weeks than Niantic expected an entire year, and it's bringing in 10 million per day and actually helping other apps. And Magikarp got an official music video, so that's a thing. Yeah, why not? So, it is time for our brand new segment, Dreamland. Let's warp on over. Welcome one and all to Dreamland, a new segment here on the show where we share our hopes and dreams. And today's hopes and dreams are all about the Alolan Pokemon forum. So we'll be sharing our wish lists with each other and, of course, with you listeners. So let's get started. Alex, you want to start off our rotation? Sure. Discussion or however it'll work somehow. whatever we call it. (laughs) So I had a hard time kind of picking ones that I think would be interesting uh, at first because mostly it was just like, oh, well, there's these popular ones. And then it occurred to me that there's so many Gen 1 Pokemon that really just aren't super popular. But Mm -hmm. one that occurred to me was uh, Grimer and Muck. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. They're these sort of like liquidy sludgy creatures and i thought it would be cool if they were poison slash steel and they'd be liquid metal (laughs) that'd be cool okay ben all right so my first uh my first pick is one that i've wanted since gen one and that is for gyarados to actually be a dragon um, specifically Water Dragon. And I know why they didn't do that, because in Gen 1 there were no actual dragon moves outside of uh, Twister, which did a set amount of damage. So a Water Dragon mm-hmm. type would have had no weaknesses plus awesome stats, so Gyarados would have just been untouchable. But I was really right. bummed when his Mega Evolution didn't make him half dragon. And now that they're doing this mm-hmm. whole Alolan region thing, I think it would be really cool if they finally gave uh, Gyarados a dragon type. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, I don't really have thoughts even that in-depth on any of my suggestions. Um, But I've got a couple groups of Pokemon that can kind of work. Um, There are some that I think uh, could get Alolan forms just because it could be interesting to see them uh, look a little bit more tropical. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think... Butterfree and Beedrill and the Hoenn bugs, too, uh, Beautyfly and Dustox could be interesting. Um, different, like, wing patterns or shapes and stuff. That mm-hmm. could be neat. Um, Vileplume, like, open up that flower a little bit more, make it prettier or something, or bigger, I don't know. 
Um, Dugong and Seal. Um, yeah. Take yeah. them away from ice type, make them like Fire water types. and fairy or something. Fire <laughs> could be really cool. Yeah. Um, cloister. Um, again, take away the ice type, have like a tropical shell, maybe like pink cloister and like water rock. I've actually um, got a cloister on my list too, but I went a very different direction oh yeah? than you. Go, yeah. It, it doesn't really make it more tropical. It's more, I just thought this would be cool as <laughs> That's making cloister <laughs> steel slash ghost. With its shell oh, being like a metallic whoa. psyche thing, and then the the creature inside being a ghost, that would be really nice. cool. Okay, my idea is way worse. <laughs> um, I think and that really that works really well too because the original art for Cloister is just so menacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then keeping on with the tropical theme, I think Carnivine and Tangela they could do something really cool with. Uh, Seeking they could make more tropical, although maybe Seeking was Hawaiian enough. Um, and do, 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 do. I don't know. There's there's a handful of others, but I'll I'll seed my talking point for now. <laughs> um, so, Colin, you mentioned uh, the tropical thing, and, you, and one of your picks was vile plume. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be really interesting to kind of play up vile plume, the 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 Oddish line and the bell sprout line is kind of like opposed to each other. Mm. And I don't know exactly what the type matchups would be, but one thing that I was thinking was maybe Oddish could be a dark slash fairy and just completely ditch the uh, grass element altogether uh, huh. because we haven't huh. had a dark. Okay. As far as I know, we haven't had a dark slash fairy Pokemon. Uh, Oddish is kind of sprightly, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Vile Plume has that vile in its name, and so it seems like it should be dark as well. Um, I also thought about making it grass slash fairy versus the bell sprout line, which would be grass slash dark, and that would sort of be uh, how they mm. go at each other. Um, okay, cool. But those are kind of, they were really great Pokemon back in the Gen 1 days, and, and I think they need to be a little more interesting to be more relevant today, and I think that'd be a good way to do that. Sure, yeah. And then another uh, idea that I had was uh, Farfetch'd, making him a normal slash ghost Pokemon, where he's like this spiritual swordsman warrior type. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Um, I don't know how that'd look, because Alolan is more like Hawaiian, and this sounds more like it'd be a samurai type thing, but I'm sure they'd figure something out. Kind of in a similar vein, I had some ideas for some Pokemon that could be more like specifically Hawaiian. Uh, I think Marowak would be really cool as like a fire dancer. Um, <laughs> I also have Marowak on my list, but again nice. for a completely different reason. Okay, uh, cool. This this one doesn't really go with the Alolan theme as much, but I mean I think it would be a missed opportunity not to have a ghost Marowak. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. I think I think the fire dancer would be like a ghost type. Like it's at night, and mm-hmm. like I think fire ghost would be a cool thing for Marowak. Yeah, it would be pretty um, cool. Anyway, so um, and then fired another fire dancer, Hariyama. And uh, Jinx as a hula dancer. (laughs) Nice. I've heard the Jinx suggestion before, so that's a good one. So uh, getting back to how I feel like uh, these games are drawing inspiration from the Orange Islands, I think this would be a cool time to introduce the Crystal Onyx from the anime as maybe like an ice type Uh, or something. Uh, And instead of having it evolve into Steelix, that sort of form would just be an offshoot that, you know, got a big stat boost and gained the ice type and stuff instead of turning steel. I think they could do some cool cool things with that. Ice and rock would be a cool type combo. It would be pretty weak defensively, but I guess they could just... They'd have to give it an interesting ability. You're just balling stats to counter that. Yeah. 
going yeah. off of uh, Vulpix and Ninetales getting a makeover, I thought it'd be cool if Growlithe and Arcanine did as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to think of what types it should be. Uh, Ninetales ended up being Fire Fairy, right? Ice Fairy. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Ice Fairy. Uh, I thought it'd be cool if Arcanine was a electric fighting type. That's a type matchup that hasn't been oh. done before. Huh. Uh, sort of keeps the ferocity of, of Arcanine, uh, but sort of with an interesting type where they can completely change his uh, design, kind of like how they did Vulpix and Ninetales. Yeah, wow, that'd be cool. Yeah, that would okay. be cool. I, I like that idea cool. of that, that type combo. It's pretty good, like, offensively. A lot of good yeah. options yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I think there are a couple Pokemon that they could do some interesting, like, ancient deity stuff with, with the fossil Pokemon. Yeah. Um, so, like, just about all of them. And I, I kind of get this vibe of, like, an ancient Hawaiian, like, something to do with, like, Totem Pole or, like, an ancient Hawaiian legend. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of cool potential there in, in redoing the fossil Pokemon. Just about all of them. Yeah. They had, uh, I forget what the Pokemon's name is, but there's one, a new bird uh, that changes forms based on all of the different islands. And mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, we could see something where, like, Aerodactyl takes on a different element based on the island that it's breeding at. Huh, that'd be Ooh. really cool. Or, yeah. Because Aerodactyl's been kind of this, like, he, sort of featureless compared to some, the other, some of the other uh, fossil Pokemon. He doesn't really have... Like, I kind of like that about it, though. I like that but, about him too, but it, it makes him kind of ripe to be have sort of things bolted onto his design. Yeah, and and Alola does feel kind of like a Skull Island kind of parallel, where there's like there can be prehistoric creatures that have been living there in seclusion for a long time. A lost world. So I could see I could see a, a like a little mini area, I guess, like an underwater cavern or something, where like you you come up into this cave under the water mm-hmm. and. There's all these ancient Pokemon still living and breathing around, and uh, you can catch them just like any other guy. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, ben, I think you're next. Sure. Uh, this one doesn't really have any reasoning behind it besides awesome, and that is a Fire Blastoise. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. I mean, it'd basically just be, cool. be like Bowser, but hey, I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some great fan art where people basically just kind of shuffled the starters around. So yeah, I think I, I think, saw that uh, too. I forget what, what the types ended up being, but I think Charmander was a water type, and mm. I don't remember what the what the mix-ups were, but I thought that was sort of a cool idea, too. Um, cool. Just mix them all up. And then uh, another one I had that's just, to me, seems obvious, and I don't know why this wasn't this way in the first place, is uh, Flygon gaining bug type. Because he's like a dragonfly, yeah. and then he's yeah. ground... Uh, ground dragon, which I always found weird. I don't yeah. believe there is a bug dragon. Combo no, I don't either. believe there is either. So that'd be that'd be great to have cool. that first there as well. Plus, he'd get stab on U turn, which is always nice. Hmm. Um. So a couple of other ideas uh, I can throw out here. Um. I thought it'd be cool if Arbok gets like a dark type or just <laughs> some kind of new design for Alola. Um. I think that Doug Trio should get an Alolan form and just be 19 feet tall. Uh, <laughs> yes. I think Slow King should get an Alolan form, and instead of that like rock shelter hat, it's like a fruit hat, and he's like a <laughs> like a happy kind of like I don't even know like he's just dancing around with the fruit hats on his head and everything. Um, and Piloswine could be cool, kind of like a Hawaiian like a tropical kind of boar. Um, Piloswine and Swineub and I guess Mamoswine too. I also I like the idea of uh, Rotom, of course. <laughs> I was waiting for you to uh, say getting that. just more 
just getting more combos. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they'd be because there were, I can't think of any other appliances that he could uh, inhabit. And I doubt Alolo is going to focus on, you know, technology very much. But mm-hmm. find an excuse. Find an excuse to give it more types. Maybe you can battle with the Pokedex form of Rotom. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? Great. He's already uh, got his Alolan form, Alex. <laughs> psychic, psychic ghost or something. Uh,. I mean, he possesses stuff, so maybe that's just the angle they go with. So, a lot of people have pointed over the uh, pointed out over the years that Clefable and Gengar are almost identical in like shape and size. And there's all kinds of fan theories that Gengar is just a ghost Clefable. So, I was thinking, I was kind of thinking, you know, where I could go with that, like a half ghost type Clefable or a half fairy type Gengar, and I settled on a fairy slash poison Clefable because Gengar's ghost poison. That's then, so yeah, cool. So I thought that'd be like a nice like in between point. Yeah, or or maybe they could each get an Alolan form, yeah. and it's kind of like that. Would, that's really cool. Okay, um, I think it'd be cool if the Johto starters all got Alolan forms, uh, in kind of the same vein that all the Kanto starters got Mega forms um, yeah. mm-hmm. or Mega evolutions. Uh, it'd be cool if they just took you know all three of the Johto Pokemon this time and said, "Hey, you get a new kind of form for Alola." Um, It'd be a nice callback to the generation, and it's got that sort of parallelism with X and Y, so... And I think all three do look kind of like they could get have something to gain with an Alolan form, like Meganium being big and blooming and tropical, mm-hmm. and Typhlosion could be like a, one of those kind of fire dancers or something, too. I don't know. So my last idea, and this would be sort of piggybacking off Pokemon Go, or maybe sort of tying the lore to, to Alola in some way, but... Uh, giving the three Kanto legendary birds Alolan forms. Oh, interesting. I don't know what they'd be, but yeah. um, they could probably they could probably find a way to play off of the different uh, sort of aspects of the three different teams. Like maybe Moltres just becomes more powerful. Uh, I think Instinct was about breeding, so maybe Zapdos gets like a baby form. I thought Instinct was and... about getting made fun of on social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll go. We'll go with that. <laughs> so Zapdos um, is going to get a really long neck. A sad Zapdos. Yes. Oh my god, I would love that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he already has um, one in like in yellow. Like replaying yellow. I'm like, why is Zapdos neck so long? <laughs> Zapdos just becomes a meme. Um, and then Articuno, I guess, maybe could evolve because uh, Mystic's about evolution. Maybe. But I don't know. I don't know how that would play yeah. out but I, but i but i like the idea of taking the legendary birds since uh the gen one hype is real nowadays and yes. uh, those pokemon haven't really been played with at all uh in a lot of the recent sort of shakeups. yeah um cool cool so i've got about two more handfuls of names to throw out there and i don't have any ideas for these at this point but i just like rapid fire them yeah i feel like there's something to be said for them so uh zatu yanma Shuckle, Torkoal, Swalot, and um, Gulpin, um, mm-hmm. and then Lunatone and Solrock. Something to do with Sun and Moon there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think those two Pokemon are ripe for some kind of new thing to be done with them. So that's the first half of the rapid fire. Ben, I know you've got one more suggestion left, right? Yeah, I've got one left. And okay. this is another one where I actually put a little bit of thought into it. Um, <laughs> so people have noted that the all the Pokedex descriptions for Executor note that uh, it grows bigger in sunlight. I think it says specifically that its, head, its heads grow bigger in sunlight and that it's originally from the tropics. 
and the the mm-hmm. description of it and sun and moon say that they consider the Alolan form to be the true form. So I was kind of thinking how they could do something similar with Tropius, who is also very clearly a, a tropical. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of like looking at its description in the old Pokedex and stuff like that. And uh, it talks about how Tropius has fruit growing from its neck that only gets ripe twice a year, and then it loves to share it with the children of the islands, and, or of the, of the southern tropics is what it says. It loves sharing its fruit with the children of the southern tropics. So I was thinking you could kind of have like this, uh, this background story for Tropius where throughout most of the year it kind of like flies around and just you know goes on vacation, does whatever the heck it wants, but twice <laughs> a year it returns home to the, trop- to the tropics and lands so it can share its fruit with all the children because it loves the children so i was thinking it comes back and becomes a grass ground type because it gives up its flying for a while and then its design would have it just like you know bigger and like flowing with like fruit and stuff i don't, I don't really know what you would do with it stats wise but i think it would be cool to have like a, a grass ground trophy. and then it summons a, a gang of children to beat up its opponents it sounds like a hawaiian version of frosty the snowman <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I was thinking of Tropius, but I felt like he was already sufficiently tropical. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a really cool idea. Um, so then my last handful of stuff that I don't know what to do with but think needs something. Um, Luxray, Bronzong, Obama Snow, Snowrunt's whole line, so Glalie and Frostlass 2. Uh, Jellicent from Black and White, because, like, Hawaii jellyfish and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Alomomola because it needs an Alolan form for Alomomola. Oh and Howlucha. Yeah. I don't know what they would do with that, but it seems like it needs one. Hmm. I just got a, a random sort of last minute revelation, and that is okay. a pine cove that is a pineapple. <laughs> Wait, pine cove? Pineapple cove. What's... Yeah. Pine cove. Pineco? I, I don't know. The Johto one. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That's a cool idea. I like that. And maybe it gets like an alternate evolution or something. I don't know. Yeah, or like Fortress becomes more like an actual like Hawaiian nut thing. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of something for forest, Fortress, but I couldn't really come up. Yeah, with me that. too. But that's a good something you know going off of a pineapple, mm-hmm. and then maybe like a Fortress becomes an entire Hawaiian feast. <laughs> it shoots dull cool. whip at its opponents. <laughs> Cool. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the Endo Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. We're really working hard to make this show great for you guys, so those iTunes reviews really mean a lot, and they also help a lot of listeners discover the show. You know, we're trying to hopefully improve some stuff around here, so if you haven't done that, please do. It's greatly appreciated. means a lot, and it's very, very helpful for us. Um, if you have feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to Colin at Gamnesia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Colin McIsaac. And remember to send in your questions about Nintendo and about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show, so it's a great way to get involved. Again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com, C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A, and at Colin McIsaac, C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. Alex, where can they find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Legend of Lex. Um, um, I would love it if some of you guys would draw fan art of our Pokemon Ooh, uh, yeah. suggestions. Awesome. Uh, I don't know how many of you artists are uh, out there are artists who listen to the show, but uh, I know uh, really Artsy Omni from Smashified, great artist out there, listens. Uh, I don't think you have time to do any of that, but well, yeah. if if we get enough, I think maybe we should we should do like a collection article and you know share it with the community. Yeah, that'd be really cool. 
And Ben, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Aramgard, E-R-I-M-G-A-R-D, and feel free to send any fan art you have of uh, my pokey imaginations. Sweet, sweet. If you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And you can join the Facebook group, Nintendo Week Fun Club, to chat with us and other listeners about all things Nintendo. On our way out, please enjoy Surfy Cove, a lovely jazz arrangement of the surfing theme and Lily Cove City from Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald by Insane in the Rain Music. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have another great week. Requesting refunds on their microtin. Players have been requesting refund. La, la, la. Players have been requesting re. Players have been requesting refunds on their microtransactions since the game lost its tracking features. I did it. Woo. <laughs>